Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We are grateful. We are thankful. Spirit of God, we thank you for the opportunity you have given us to gather at your feet to hear you. We pray, Lord, let it not be another ordinary service. But Father, let it be the moment that you speak to our hearts to change us and to transform us. We pray, Lord, that your word will go forth and it will not return to you void. But let it accomplish the purpose, the plans for which you have sent it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. And turn your Bibles with me to 2 Kings. 2 Kings. And um, we can read from chapter 6 and verse number 24. You probably can start off from here. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 24. This evening I'm going to share very simple message with you and um, we're going to read a long scripture I want all of your attention now I'm, I'm sure you are all familiar with this story but let's um, refresh our minds this is when there was this great famine in Israel and um, a very wild famine. But I just want to give you this quick background of how severe the famine was so that um, we can continue. And verse, um, verse 24, it says, And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cup of dove's dunk for five pieces of silver. So this is how bad the famine was, how terrible the famine was. They say the ass's head, just the head that people will not normally eat. Now, they were selling it for four score pieces of silver. Four score pieces of silver. And a dove's dung, I mean the bed, the dove, is dung. Like when it were to come on your clothes, you'd be very angry and very upset. It was being sold, the dove's dung, for five pieces of silver. So, it's like you have money, but you can't buy food. 
There was a time like that in a certain country. People have money and you can buy food. People wake up early in the morning and they will hear that there is a store which has received some supplies. Sometimes people go and sleep there overnight. They have money, but they can't buy food. Do you understand? So this is how severe the famine was. He says, And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help my lord, O king. And he said, If the lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? You know, sometimes you come to a certain situation and you know that no one can help you. If God does not help you, the president cannot help you. The king cannot help you. Your boss cannot help you. No one can help you. So the king said, if the Lord, if the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the band floor or out of the wine press? Go and look for yourself. Are you expecting something in the barn floor, the storage where they store corn and so on, grain and all, wheat? Or the wine press? Where should I help you? What do you think that I have that I should help you with? In other words, that is what he was saying. And then the king said unto her, what aileth thee? That means what is wrong with you? Tell me. It's like, just tell me what is wrong with you. I just want to hear it so that you feel like I've heard it. What ailed thee? What is your pain? Where is what is wrong with you? And she said, she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. Wow. Amen. Children, you are blessed to be in a land where your parents do not detail debate on which one to we we should eat first. The parents have gone on a meeting and they have, they have planned which child they are going to eat because someone has to survive. So we cannot all die. There's no need because we have other children and as a parent, we have to take care of the other children. So let's eat this one so we can survive to take care of this one. Wow. Let's take the disobedient one first. <laughs> The one that gives trouble. <laughs> Let's eat him quickly. <laughs> hey. Some of you children should be saying to yourself, amongst our siblings, who would I be eating first? <laughs> and repent. <laughs> he says, this woman said unto me, give thy son that we may eat him today. And we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she had hid her son. <laughs> people are not people, I tell you. Perhaps even the other lady's son, some few pieces were still in, his, in her fridge that she has reserved. 
He said, bring your son. He says, whose son? <laughs> she had hit her son. And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes, and he passed by upon the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sat cloth within upon his flesh. So the king was so upset to hear what type of hunger is this? What type of situation is this? Then he said, God do so and more also to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. Because it was Elisha. <laughs> you don't challenge prophets. Do you understand? Don't challenge prophets. Amen. But Elisha sat in his house, and the elders sat with him. And the king sent a man from before him, but ere the messenger came to him, that means before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, that is Elisha, said to the elders, See ye, see ye how this son of a murderer had sent to take mine head, away mine head. That means as the king was planning to kill Elijah. He saw it. <laughs> he said, look, this son of a Medra, he has sent a messenger to come and take off my head. Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. It's not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him. And he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? That means we know that this evil has come from the Lord, but how long should we wait? Verse 7, I mean, chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. You'll be there in Samaria. In Israel, the money that they use is shekel. You don't have shekel. You better have some shekels with you. Otherwise, your dollars will just go like this. He says, this is Elisha answer to the famine that was happening. The whole nation. Are you with me? He said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of flour, fine flour, be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now this is a situation where the people are selling Dove's dung for how many pieces of silver? Five pieces of silver. Dove's, not a dove, don't get me wrong. It's not the dove. The dove's dung. The dove's feces. Do you know what a feces? Yes. Stool. <laughs> the dove's stool. It's being sold for five pieces of silver. But the prophet is prophesying that tomorrow, just tomorrow, few hours from the time that we are talking, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour 
be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? You see, sometimes when a prophet speaks, when a prophet prophesies, you look at your situation, you look at your condition, and then you look and then you, you don't see any way, you don't see any form, any shape, any how that this can be. Are you with me? So when the prophet says, you will live in a big house, you are looking at, now you don't have a job. Even a job you don't have. The school you are struggling. Are you with me? So you can see how that is possible. And then he says, tomorrow by this time. Like the prophet is saying, tomorrow by this time, a company will call you with a big position. And then, the application, I've sent them long ago. Nobody has called. You, the level that you are looking at, it's not even that. But let that be your story. I say, let that be your story. The prophecy that you believe is the prophecy that shall come to pass in your life. And we will see that in this story. That the prophecy that you believe is the prophecy that shall come to pass in your life. The prophecy that you don't believe, you will not live to see that prophecy. Amen. Amen. So, he says, Then the, a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord will make windows even in heaven, might this thing be that you are saying? You are just speaking. You are just saying. You are just saying something to make us feel good. And he said, the prophet said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes. Wow. You shall see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. You see, there are some of you, you don't believe certain prophecies. And you'll be here in this church, and then you'll be seeing the prophecies coming to pass. And you will see them, but you will not enjoy it. You will not enjoy it, because you don't believe it. You will see the prophecies as we stand here and we prophesy over your life. You see them coming to pass. You say, ah, but who is this? But who is that? Ah, but who is this? Ah, ah, this one. This one too. Ah, this one. And we say, next year by this time you'll be married. You, 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 you say, you say, Reverend, but who? The man here, this man, who? You see, you don't have to ask who. You see, that is what the Lord of the King said. He said, How? Even if God opens the windows of heaven, hey, if God were to open the windows of heaven and drop husbands, you say, How is that possible? But let it be your story. Let that be your story. Next year by this time, you'll be sitting in the church and then you look and you say, who do I owe? And you will not find anyone that you owe. Let that be your story. Yes. 
you'll be sitting dead free and see that this will come to pass. See that this will come to pass. Yeah. See that this will come to pass. So the prophet is telling him, he said, you don't believe it. And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes. You will see people with it, with the prophecies, living with the prophecies. And you, he said, but you shall not eat thereof. And there were four leprous, four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? You see, so there was this severe famine. And if you are a leper and there's famine, first of all, you, you are not even allowed in the city. You are an outcast. Are you with me? So you are, you, you, you are the first to die out of hunger. So no hope for you at all. You are someone without hope. Perhaps you are sitting here without hope for a particular situation. The Lord is overturning your situation. I say you are sitting here, you have lost hope in all. You look left to right and you don't see light coming. The Lord is turning that situation around. He says, and there were four leprous, leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, we are hope, I mean, we have no hope. Our situation is hopeless. Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. And you know that if there's any small amount of food, we are not the kind that we will be part of the sharing. Because we can't even go close to the people. So he said, if we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore, come, and let us fall onto the host of the Syrians. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. All die be die. Whichever way, we will die. We will go in the city, we will die. We stay here, we will die. If we go to the, the camp of the Syrians, we will die. Amen. But you see, when you, when, when you have been to Israel, all these things, they make sense. How that you'll be in a place and then you can run to the camp of the Syrians. Either you are going there or you are coming here. So the, 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 their situation is any which way, we will die. So they decided. It says, now therefore come and let us fall onto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go onto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the outermost part of the camp of the Syrians, Behold, there was no man. There was no man. There was no man. Four lepers. Leprous men. There, were no, there, were, there was no man. Why? Verse 6. 
For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. So as the Syrians, as the, uh, the leprous men, the four lepers, as they were running to the camp of the Syrians, their footsteps, the Lord magnified their footsteps. So as they were going, four lepers, the people of Syria, they could hear, and their footsteps, they, the Lord magnified the four lepers' footsteps that it became like the host of army, a great army. I say you will become like a hopeless situation, an outcast. There is no hope, but the Lord will magnify your situation, magnify a condition for you. That a way will be made for you. Amen. I say a way will be made for you. Oh, yes. You say, you know, you don't have this skill. You don't have that skill. Among the people at the job, you don't have this skill. You don't have that skill. But the Lord will magnify even that's the little that you are doing. The little typing that you are doing. The little letter that you are writing. The Lord will magnify it. Your boss will look at the letter and say, wow. Who is this? Amen. The little note that you put on a, a sticky pad for your boss. The Lord will magnify it. Amen. 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 He said, wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, because they had to make sure, so they ran all the way through the camp to the outermost part. It says, and when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat. That is, they started from the back. <laughs> These are lepers who have been hungry. <laughs> they went into one camp, one tent, and they did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And they came again and entered into another tent. And carried dance also and went and hid it. It's like they come, they will eat, and they will carry, and they will go and they will hide it. And they will come again, and they will eat, they will carry, and they will go and they hide it. What a blessing. Are you with me? It's that they come to church, they will hear. Powerful, they will take note, they will go and they will hide it. And they will come again. Isn't that so? Why are you quiet? 
I am preaching. You don't like my message. Didn't you come again? You have come. They will eat, they will take, they will go and hide it and come again all by themselves for lepers. They will eat, say they will eat, they will carry, they will go and hide it and come again. Say they will hear, they will take notes, they will go and hide it and come again. Wow. He said, they carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not well. Say, we do not well. Say, we do not well. We do not well. Tell your neighbor, we do not well. Say, we are not trying. Say, what we are doing is not nice. Say, what we are doing is not good. We do not well. Say, I do not well. Say, I'm not trying. Say, my behavior is not good. It's not nice. He said, then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Come that we may go and tell others. Come so we may go and tell the king's household. Come, so we may go and tell others. We do not well. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. This day is a day of good tidings. We do not well. Let us go and tell others what we have found. Let us go and tell others what we have heard. We do not well. We have taken too much and we keep coming and taking for ourselves. We do not well. So they came and called unto the porter of the city. And they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of a man, but horses tired and asses tired, and the tents as they were. And he came and he he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. You see, there are some people, they don't remember prophecy. And they are always finding explanation to things. They are always finding a way out to things, to explain out what, why things are happening the way they are happening. So he says, they now know that we be hungry. The Syrians know that we are hungry. 
Therefore are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain. I mean, let some of our men take five of the horses that are remaining, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of Israelites that are consumed. And let us send them and see. So they took, therefore, two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians has cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. Amen. But if you continue to read to the end, you will hear about the Lord of the king dying at the gate. And he did not see the prophecy. He did not enjoy the prophecy come to pass. Hallelujah. Tonight, I want to share with you about others. 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 You know, it was once said that General William Booth, the, um, the founder of the Salvation Army, sent out a telegram to his officers worldwide. He sent a telegram. And the telegram had only one word. Only one word. You know, those days, the way to send messages were through telegrams. They would send a telegram. Do you know what is a telegram? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, before, before that, the way they were sending messages, they will tell someone who is strong and who can run. That is how they used to send messages. And then you will run to another city or another town and you deliver the king's message or a big person's message. Not everyone could send a message. You couldn't text. <laughs> Do you understand? You couldn't text. So you see, if you think your situation is bad, there was a time in life where rich people who had lots of gold, do you understand? Very rich, living in palaces with many servants, they couldn't take, they didn't have cell phone. So today you have a cell phone, your life is better than those people. Are you with me? Your life is better than those people. Your condition is better today. Today, you can sit here right now and take somebody who is like 14 hours, thousands of miles away in Australia, in China. You can communicate with someone in China. You can actually see the person 
In real time, as you are talking, the person is also talking to you. Your life situation is much better than those people supposedly rich. Are you with me? Yeah. So this leader, the founder of the Salvation Army, he sent this telegram to his officers. And it contained just that one word. So telegram, those days, you type and they have a means and then it's sent. You can, it's not like you write a letter. You write too many things. You know, there's no email or Twitter or what else? Viper. There wasn't anything like that. So a telegram is sent to them. And it was about the main focus of this establishment or this institution. And that telegram contained that, just that one word. And that one word was others. Others. And today that word, others, has become their foundation. It has become the vision of the Salvation Army. That their whole vision is about others. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at these four lepers, these are poor outcasts in the outskirts of the city, at the gate of the city. That is where they live. That is where they beg when people are entering and then they beg. And they have been there during this farming and they have come to a very critical situation, critical condition at which point they can die. And the Lord Save them. The Lord delivered them and they came in the midst of plenty. They ate and they had more to store. They gathered so much for themselves. And then suddenly, amongst all four of them, something came unto them. He said, and then they said to one another, we do not well. We do not well. We do not well. We ought to tell our neighbors. We do not well. He says, we cannot hold this all for ourselves. We do not well. You see, sometimes you do not understand. It may look as if, yes, it is you who picked yourself and then you came to the church. It is you who gave your life to Christ. You may feel that it is you who came, they invited you, you could have chosen not to have come, but you came and then you decided, oh, I like it. And then it is you who decided, I will stay. You may feel that it is you who decided, I'll be committed enough to be coming for midweek services. You may feel that it is you who decided that, oh, uh, today I will come to church. It is you who, you may feel that way. You may feel, I was tired. I could have chosen not to have come. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I could have chosen not to have come. I could have decided not to have come. But you may feel that you made that decision. You chose to come here. But I'm telling you that God had you in mind. God planned this for you. God decided about you that you will be in this church. On the day that you came in, God had plans concerning you that you will be in this church. That you will like this church. That you will be committed enough. That you will now decide to attend weekday services. That you will be here today to hear this particular message that I'm preaching about others. It looks so ordinary. 
It looked so ordinary that well, there were just four lepers that were at the gate. But I'm telling you that a prophecy had gone out. God has caused his man of God to speak. And God had plans. It may look as if you're, the, the people were born with lepers. And they have been there all these years, all these times, begging and begging. God had planned concerning their presence at the gate. A prophecy had gone out. God has spoken through his messenger. And he had plans how he was going to carry it out. He has plans how he was going to deliver a nation from hunger. God had plans how he was going to save his people from the people of Syria. God had plans and it was through these lepers. So when they came to the midst of plenty, it was as if we accident. We had made a decision. We were there. We had a conversation. And we decided if we go to the city, we will die. If we stay here, we will die. If we go to the camp of the Syrians, we will die. So why did they not enter into the city and die? Why did they not stay there? But they decided that they would go to the enemy's camp. God had plans concerning that. God had plans concerning that. There has been a prophecy. And so when they came in the midst of plenty, and they saw that there was so much, and as they were picking, and they would go, and they would hide it, and they would come back, and they would pick more, they would take it, and they would come back, and suddenly something came in them. And they says, we do not well. We do not well. We don't know why, but we do not well. We do not well. That we go and come, we go and come, and we go and come. We do not well. We must tell others. We must think about others. Say others. others. Say others. others. God had plans to save his people. Hallelujah. So they went and they told the king. And the prophecy that God has prophesied through his servant. The prophecy, through these four lepers, it came to pass. Ask your neighbor, are you sitting on someone's prophecy? As you are not doing well, as you are not addressing it, as you are not addressing this issue and telling yourself, I do not well. I come and I go, I come and I go. I don't bring any, I don't tell, I don't tell any. I do not, as you have not analyzed the situation to say to yourself, I do not well. Are you sitting on someone's prophecy? Are you sitting on someone's salvation? Are you sitting on someone's deliverance? Because God has plans for which you are here. God has plans for which you decided. You made that decision to come today. But God had plans for that. You made a decision to be in this church. You could have been in any other church where they don't talk about salvation to others, about other people's salvation, but you may feel that I just decided that I like this church and I just joined. But I'm telling you that God had plans for you. Amen. So these lepers, they could have been sitting on a whole nation's deliverance. They could have been sitting on a whole nation's salvation. A whole nation perishing. These lepers, if they have kept quiet what they saw. If they have kept everything to themselves. If they had gathered everything. And they could have done that. 
Because they were outcasts. They could have said, you don't know how I have suffered. You don't know how these people have treated us. You don't know what we have gone through in life. That we have come to this and we should share four of us. Let's carry everything and take it. They could have done that. But something came onto them. And they said, we do not well. Say, we do not well. Say, we do not well. Tell your neighbor, we do not well. Say truthfully, we do not well. Amen. Others, turn to me, turn, turn with me to the book of Esther. Are you understanding my message tonight? Yeah. The book of Esther. You all know the story about Esther, don't you? Okay, why don't we look at Esther chapter 3. You know, Esther was the orphan whose uncle Mordecai was working in the king's palace and had made arrangements. You know, these were Jews who had been taken captives and they were there as slaves. And Mordecai made arrangements for Esther to be amongst women who will be chosen for the king's bride. And he had made all this arrangement and Esther has been included. And there was so much favor on Esther that Esther was the one that was chosen to be the king's wife. Are you with me? Esther was chosen to be the king's wife. Now there was another guy in the, in the country, in the kingdom called Haman. He was a wicked man. Terrible man. And the king had given him a big post. So whenever he's coming, people are just bowing. You know, he's such a big guy now in the kingdom. Whenever he's coming, people are bowing. They're bowing down. Now, Mordecai, he was also not an easy guy. So he said, as for me, I will not bow to this man. I have no respect for this Haman. So whenever he passes by, everyone will bow and then Mordecai will be standing there just looking at him like that. So he hated Mordecai. He hated him with passion and he planned to kill him. And then in his planning, he met with other king leaders. And they planned. And then he wanted to kill Mordecai. But then he heard of the other people, the Mordecai's people, the Jewish people. And then he changed his mind. He says, no, I'm not only going to kill Mordecai. I will kill all of his people. I will destroy all of them. So Esther chapter 3 verse 8. He had gone to the king. He had made arrangements. He had met with the other leaders, other mayors and governors and they have all agreed that these people, they need to be destroyed. So Esther 3, 8, it says, And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws, Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them, 
That means it is not to the king's advantage to keep these people alive. They have no, their laws are different from your people's laws. They are certain way. They have all kinds of laws. Sabbath, this, we don't do this, unclean this, we don't touch this. They have all kinds of things. So let's destroy them. It's not in the king's interest if you allow these people to live amongst your people. So let's destroy them. So verse 9, if it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasure. Give me that job. I will make sure that every single Jew in the kingdom is destroyed and I'll pay the people that I will hire to do this job. I'll pay them. Wow. So chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, When Mordecai perceived all that was done, when Mordecai had all of these plans, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and a bitter cry and came even before the king's gate. For none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. So the king's gate is not a place for miserable people, disappointed people, hungry people. The king's gate, because it's a rich neighborhood. Do you understand? And then you can't be walking around with certain types of clothes, you know, chalote, and all kinds of things, with dirty feet, and all kinds of things. It's not a place to come. Do you understand? If you, it's not, beggars cannot come near the king's gate. So in the, in the custom of the Israelites, when they are in serious trouble and they are seeking the face of God, they put on sackcloth. It means that their eyes are red. It means that the situation is not an easy one. It means that they are really crying to the Lord. So Mordecai, irrespective of the laws about the king's gate, he put on sackcloth because his eyes are red. He's going to be destroyed and all his people. And the king has signed it and the letters have gone to the kingdoms. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Do you see the situation? It's like the whole community of the Jews, the, the entire people of Israel, their eyes are red. And they are wailing, they are praying, they are weeping, young and old. And they are fasting. So Esther, you see, Esther was one of them. But Esther now, she's in a very nice place. Do you understand? She's in a very nice place She's in a place of abundance. She's in a king's palace. She's a queen. Are you with me? So Esther's maid and her chamberlains came and told it 
to her, or came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him. Because you can do that. He was even embarrassed that his uncle would put on sackcloth and come to the king's gate like that. So he sent raiment. And I believe it must be some nice purple raiment or gold raiment, gold and purple, that she sent by the servants. Go and take their sackcloth from him and put this on him. But he received it not. He will not take it because his eyes are red. Then called Esther for Hatach, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. Why Mordecai is doing this thing? Because what Mordecai was doing was a very dangerous thing. Are you with me? It was a very dangerous thing. So Hattach went forth to Mordecai onto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to be destroyed or to destroy them. Are you enjoying the story? Or you are falling asleep on me? Also, he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given to Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther, and to declare it unto her, and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for her people, for others, for others. She sent a message to Esther. She says she gave a copy of the writing of the decree, the decree that her man has obtained, that is going around the kingdoms to the governors of the kingdom to destroy the Jews. He sent a copy of that decree to Esther. And he charged it. He says, and to charge her. She said, charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for others. For others. Amen. Amen. So, verse 9. He says, and Hattach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spake unto Hattach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. Go, he says, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know, we all know, everyone who lives in this palace, everyone who is in the king's province, every servant of this king, we all know that whosoever, whether man or woman, whether you are the queen or you are the king's uncle, whether you are the king's nephew, whoever you are, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, 
who is not called. That means if the king has not invited you. You know, this was a very powerful king. He has kingdoms. Do you understand? So it's not like, you know, you can easily come to the king's court. He says, if the king has not invited you, even if you are one of the king's wives, and they have not invited you. (laughs) He says, whether you are a man or woman, shall come unto the king, into the inner court. You are talking about the inner court, not even the outer court. The inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, period. That's it. Except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. So it's like what we call that when the president makes if pardon. So when the law catches you, if you come in the court and you have not been invited, automatically the law is such that your head cut cut. <laughs> they will cut your head the way the king was planning to do to Elisha. So he said the only way is if the king will lift his scepter upon you. It's like a pardon. And then you are pardoned. He says, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come into, in unto the king these 30 days. I have 30 days. Within 30 days, I can't go. It's not my turn. <laughs> I am the queen, but it's not my turn. Wives, you are really blessed. You know, you are really blessed that you are not online. Do you understand? You are not online. 30 days of waiting. You have to wait 30 days before your turn, before you can go and see your husband. These days, we just rise up. Eh? You didn't say I love you. Eh? <laughs> you didn't see my earrings. Eh? You don't see my hair. I done my hair. You didn't even see it. Uh, I'm wearing this new ring. You didn't even say anything. You didn't make a comment. And you are angry. 30 days. 30 days. You are checking your test message. You didn't test me. 30 days. No test message has come. And you are waiting. 25, 26, 27, 28. And even you are praying that nothing happens to the king. He says, I cannot come. 29, then you start um, having hopes. <laughs> you are close. He says, I cannot. I have not been called. I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. You are beautiful, but 30 days. Your hair is nice, but 30 days. Eh? You don't see, I'm not attractive to you. You don't like me. I'm not this. I'm beautiful, but 30 days. (laughs) Hey! Wow. (laughs) And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Don't think that you will escape. 
when this thing passes, you are a Jew. <laughs> Don't forget that you are a Jew. When this thing passes, when this law goes through, don't think that you will escape. He said, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverances arise to the Jews from another place. Let me tell you, if God has plans concerning someone, it shall come to pass. Amen. God is just including you. God has just given you favor to be chosen to be the king's wife. God has just given you favor. God has just chosen you to be one of the lepers to be at the gate. There were many lepers, but you were among the four that were there. God just showed you favor. Amen. Amen. So you think you are beautiful, that's why you are selected. You think you are beautiful, that is why you are chosen. Listen, he says, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace, if you will not tell others, if you will not go and pray concerning others, if you will not go and testify and witness concerning others, if you will not go to the king with supplications concerning others, then it means you are holding your peace. Do you remember about the four lepers? They say, if we don't do this, some mischief, if we continue on and stay here, some mischief will come unto us. When the people were with Jesus and he left in Acts chapter 1, he told them they should not go anywhere, but they should assemble and tarry and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And then he promised them. He says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both Judea, Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the outermost part. Others, there are others. There are others also. You will receive power. I will give you power. You have been chosen. You have been selected. I will give you power. But you will go to the outermost part. And you will testify. To others. But don't go anywhere yet until that favor has come, until that power has come. And verse, and then um, if you continue on chapter 2, the power has come. And now they have all received anointing. They are equipped with anointing and they were preaching powerfully, ministering powerfully. And the church was increasing. The church was enlarging. And they were enjoying it. And they see the power. When they preach, 5,000 men, 3,000 are saved. And they were enjoying it. And they were enjoying it. But the God of God, his plan was about others also. And so he says, you will not only be in Jerusalem, but you will also go. Go to all of Judea. Go to Samaria. And go to the outermost part. There are others also. There are others. Others sheep also that I have. There are others. And so they remain there. Look, if you don't go, there's some mischief. They remain there. And they, then you move on. You hear Peter healing this man, causing him arise in the name of Jesus. And then the people, everyone, the high priest now, they are all 
suddenly now they are catching them, putting them in jail. Putting them in jail. Beating them. Persecution. Every left and right. Left and right. And then Stephen now powerfully anointed. Powerfully anointed. And then when they caught Stephen and they stoned him, some mischief. Because God has plans. And if you don't do it, help will come from somewhere else. Others will go. Amen. So he said, but ye shall receive power. No, let's go back to Esther. Let's go back to Esther. He says, go, gather together all the Jews. And is that where we're reading? Go back, go back. You are rushing. He says, for if thou all together holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth? That is my mercy. Who knoweth? Who knoweth? You may think that you are the one that chose to come. You may think that you are the one that has decided to be a member of the church. Oh, a lot of people don't come for Tuesday service, but you have decided, I've decided to come. I may choose not to. I can decide not to come anymore. You may feel like that. But he says, Mordecai told Esther, he says, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? How do you know? How do you know? That God did not plan all of this. That Adelaide, you'll be sitting here today. How do you know? Who knoweth? Hilda, that you'll be here today. Who knoweth? Salom, that you'll be listening to what I'm sharing today. Who knoweth? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. That is a person upon which a message has reached. Tonight, may you make that decision also. Amen. May you make that decision. Amen. You see, we are Christians. And the Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of this world. Are you with me? You see, the world as we live in is naturally a selfish world. This world is not the world where people ordinarily will think about others. It's a selfish world. Everyone thinks of himself or herself. Everyone thinks of himself. Everyone thinks about herself. Everyone, everything that anyone does, they will not do it for no other reason but for some personal interest. Everyone. Everyone. Are you with me? Except that you are of God. But if you are in the world, naturally, that is how things are done. Government, and countries, when they say that they are supporting another country or another nation, they have their own personal interest in why they will support another country. It is based on their personal interest. Do you understand? Their own, if their own country will benefit from your country, then they will support you. 
the United States and the UK and all these other nations that take interest in the countries that are in the Middle East, they have their own interests also for which they take the, this personal interest in these nations. Are you with me? If they are interested in China, they have their own interests. Some years ago, China was nothing to them. Do you understand? So they will not go to war in Somali or Sudan for nothing. That they will just send their people and just go and die there. Because there's nothing there for them. There's nothing there for them. Employers will not hire employees for nothing. All your employers who have hired you is for their own personal interests. Are you with me? So for which reason my boss says this so you can't come to church? My boss says this so I can't come. My boss says this so I can't go. I can't. It's their own personal interest. And you also as an employee, you also have your own personal interest. You are not there working for the employer and your mind is all about the employer. That is the world. Naturally, that is the world. True or not true? true. Yes. That is how the world is. And everyone for himself. Everyone for herself. Even in marriage. Even in marriage. People marry for their own interests. Are you with me? How many married men and women are here? Lift up your hand. Or potential married men and women. That you were planning as you were getting married that all your plans was about others, that I want to marry so that I can do this for you. I want to marry you so that I can do this for you. I want to marry you so that I can do I want to marry. Is that what your reason for marrying? That has been. So we say it's love, but it's your personal interest. What you will get out of the marriage in the world. Are you with me? It's not because you love and you are ready to lay down your life. Is that why you got married? You are ready to lay down your life for the person. Because if that is the reason, then there will be no divorce. There will never be a divorce. If the reason for marrying is for others, is for about you, that I'm ready to lay down my life for you, then there will never be a divorce. But the reason for divorce is selfishness. Selfishness. I'm living because it's not working for me. I'm not living because the thing is not working for you. I'm living because it's not working for me. I'm living because you don't do this for me. I'm living because you don't give me this. I don't like them. I don't enjoy the marriage anymore because you don't care about True or not true? true. So who do you marry because you want to lay down your life for others? Another person is the reason why you are laying down your life. But when you are in Christ, that is different. When you are in Christ, that changes. Amen. When Christ comes into your life, your, your nature must change. When Christ comes into your life, your thinking must change. Amen. Amen. 
it should not be about you anymore. When Christ comes into you, it should not be about you anymore. So that is why when Christ is in the marriage, you realize that the instruction that he gives is about others. He says, husbands, love your wife. Not love me, not love you. It's about others. The nature of the God that we serve, he is always about others. 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 When he's doing something for you, when he's blessing you, he's blessing you for others. When you are a, when you are a leper and he brings you into plenty, he has brought you into plenty for others. When you are an orphan, where no one respects, no one honors, no one would have married you, no king would have chosen you, and he gives you favor, he's giving you favor to be a queen for others. When Christ is in you, he says, husbands, love your wife. Wives, submit to your husband. It's not about you. As far as a wife is concerned, it's not about you. As far as a husband is concerned, it's not about you. When Christ is in you, it's about others. It's about others. That is why in a marriage where Christ is in, where God is in, there is nothing like divorce. There can nothing, there can be, because you cannot say, I am leaving because it's not working for me. You can't say that. Because it's not about you. It's about others. It's about others. Amen. This is not, this is selfishness. It's not a nature of God. It's not a nature of God. God saved the four lepers for another nation. God brought Esther into the kingdom for another nation. Hallelujah. Whatever God does for you, he has others in mind concerning you. So some of you, you have married for yourself too much. You have married for yourself too much. Some of you, you have bought a car for yourself too much. You have bought a house for yourself too much. Amen. I'm preaching a good message. Yeah. Some of you have children for yourself too much. And some of you have been saved for yourself too much. Think about others. Think about others. Amen. But that kind of mind is changing from tonight. I say it's changing from tonight. Amen. I want to read one last scripture and then we can close. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. Are you being blessed by the message tonight? He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You see, there's a scripture that follows that we quote all the time. But this is the one that precedes it. He says, look not every man on his own, but every man also on the things of, on the things of, on the things of, say others, others, say others. Don't look only about yourself. Don't look only about your things. It's not only about you. And then he says, the next verse, 
He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. And let's bring the service to a close. We'll continue next time we meet. Others. 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 Let's think about others. Let's think about others. Oh, others. Let our mind, let this mind be in us. Let it not be always about you. Always about your marriage. Always about your house. Always about your school. Always about your job. Always about your children. Always about me. Always about you. Always about I. Always about me. 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 Think about others. Think about others. Think about others. God did not save you only for you. God had others in mind. God had others in mind. Are you sitting on people's ministries? There are people out there who ought to be ministers, pastors. And their ministry is in your hand. Your, their ministry is in your hand. That we are thankful. We are grateful for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord. This is awakening for us, oh God. Lord, that you save us and you had others in mind. You brought us where we are and you had others in mind. You brought us to a good church and you had others in mind. You make us hear good messages and you had others in mind. You've given us great pastors and great fathers and you had others in mind. Lord, we are thankful. Forgive us, Lord. There are pastors out there that you are waiting to bring in. There are many out there that you are bringing in. You are waiting to save. And we are sitting on their salvation. We are sitting on people's ministries. But tonight, Lord, we repent. We have a new mind. We have a new nature. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Christ is in us, oh God. Therefore, the mind of Jesus is in us. He said, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus. Tonight, Lord, we have the mind of others. We have a nature about others. We have a thinking about others. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to give you an opportunity. You are here tonight. You are not saved. You are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. You want to give your life to Jesus. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to receive Jesus as your Savior. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for your great love with which you loved us. We thank you, Lord, that you have caused us to be in your mighty kingdom. We are grateful and we are thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap? We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Bright and Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929 929- 
247-0738. Stay blessed.